0: Good morning. It is Monday, April 12th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glynn. I'm back to host another episode as Trey is out. First off, I hope obviously everyone had an enjoyable weekend. Second, as you guys know, we are attempting to hit every Power 5 school and a few group of five schools this offseason here on the College Football Daily. We're almost halfway there, and in case you missed your favorite team, I don't want you to worry. We have them all on Spotify for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily, and you can find every single team preview episode we have done so far. I'm very excited to continue climbing to our goal. And for today's episode, I am happy to be joined by Corey Smith of 24-7 Sports NC State site, Pack Pride. Corey, thanks so much for joining me today. How are we doing?
1: Doing great, man. I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: So Corey, I first want to just get the overall sense of the program heading into 2021. Look, there's a lot to look forward to with the Wolfpack starters returning a quarterback back from injury. What's the vibe like at Carter Finley Stadium out there in Raleigh with the season about five months away?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the vibe is is completely different than if we were talking about this last year because NC State, you know, 2019 season, they're coming off of four and eight, one and seven in ACC play, just you know, a disastrous year, you know, all the way around. They lose, they lost a lot of guys from those 2017 and 18 teams that made the you know turn the program around and turn them into what they were expected to be, and then you know just left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But going into this year, coming off of an eight and four season. You know, winning seven games in ACC play because you were forced to play so many, you know, it's a completely different vibe. And I think one of the biggest reasons is not only because of the fact that you get so many players back from last year's team, but, you know, there there was a lot of people that kind of looked at this program and said, hey, you know, maybe they didn't beat, you know, some of the top competition. Well... A lot of people, I think, fail to remember the fact that Devin Leary was lost after three games last season. He only played in three games, he missed the first two games because of COVID-19 protocol before the season never got started. He's coming back this year. He's expected to be the guy. And you also get, and we'll get to this in a second, but 10 returning starters on offense, 10 returning starters on defense. The only guys they lose are Kerry Angeline, who was a tight end for NC State that had 25 catches last year. And then Alim McNeil, who's a guy who has a chance to go. You know, anywhere between the second and third round uh, when the NFL draft comes around, he left early to go, you know, pursue his NFL dream. So there's so much talent coming back for this team and experienced talent as well. Like, you know, like I said, starters and and a lot of guys around them to have starting experience. So the vibe is, you know, is really, really good for NC State going into this year. But again, it all it all has so much to do with what they how much they follow that up from last season uh, going into this year. That's going to say a lot about where this program is headed in the future.
0: So before we get to specific players and positions, I want to ask about an addition, an intriguing addition in my mind, at least to the coaching staff. Joker Phillips was brought on this offseason as assistant head coach and wide receivers coach. He's been obviously well-traveled most recently with Maryland. What does he bring to the staff, especially coming in with both previous head coaching experience in college and NFL position coaching experience as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that he's a veteran coach uh, at this point, but everything that we've heard so far, uh, is that he stepped in, and you know he's he's walked into a great situation. George McDonald, that left from Illinois, went to Illinois as all in modern to go join Brett Bielema and that staff. He left that position, and Joker Phillips comes into a not only a position room that has veteran wide receivers, but also has three four star wide receivers that came into the program over the last two years, and also has. You know, a, a kind of a recruiting base already built. In that he's looking at at wide receivers that have already been recruited by NC State over the last few years, and everything that we've heard so far, the biggest impact he's made at this point has been on the recruiting trail. You know, every wide receiver that uh, our, our guy Michael Clark uh, that does most of our, our recruiting for us, every guy that he's talked to has talked about how much of a relationship they've built with Joker Phillips already on the recruiting trail. So I think that's one of the biggest ways that he's made an impact at this point. But you know, in, in talking. To you know, people around the program, there's just there's a genuine excitement from him. You know, one of the things that we've heard is that you know he doesn't walk into a room where he doesn't change it. You know, in terms of the you know the energy that he brings, so you're hoping to see that you know make an impact on some of the young wide receivers over the next few years. But like I said, the biggest way it's been it's shown so far has been on the recruiting trail.
0: Joined by Corey Smith of the 24/7 Sports NC State site pack pride on the college football daily podcast we will dive into some players and position groups when we come back
1: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: march madness and the masters may be over but the sports calendar never sleeps the nhl trade deadline daily nba nhl and mlb action the rbc heritage tournament nfl draft news and rumors uefa quarterfinals and your home to stay in the know for all of it well that's cbs sports hq cbs sports hq is the only sports news streaming service that's completely free how to watch cbs sports hq it's easy It's available for free on your computer, your mobile device, or your connected TV via the CBS Sports apps. Or if you're more of a YouTube person, subscribe to CBS Sports HQ on YouTube for all the latest sports news videos on demand. But personally, I never ever miss a big story in sports because I turn it on first thing in the morning and leave it on all day while I'm sitting on my couch working from home. And look, I'll leave you with this. If you're a sports news junkie like I am, no sports network is faster with breaking news than CBS Sports HQ. So, Corey, I want to start with the quarterback. Devin Leary returns after missing most of last season. I saw Dave Duran mention that Devin now fully knows the offense since he's, you know, had finally a full offseason with offensive coordinator Tim Beck. Obviously, Tim Beck was hired last season, then everything COVID happened, so they weren't able to have that full offseason. How has Devin looked this spring? Does he look all systems go? Is there any lasting effects from the injury? You know, is he ready to go for this season for the Wolfpack?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunately, uh, most of the practices have been closed off to the media. From everything that we've been told, he has not been, you know, has 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 not had any limitations throughout practice. Obviously, it was a slow start early on, but you know, he's been uh, from everything that we've heard, he's been full systems go ever since they got, you know, kind of through a few practices, but you know, one of the biggest things that I think we saw as far as a tangible difference last year was his decision making and his mechanics after after working with Tim Beck. His first season when he came into NC State, you know, he was only averaging 5.8 yards per pass and then you know had eight touchdowns and five interceptions. This past year, in the three games that he played, and that was in eight games, mind you, that he played as a freshman, in three games that he played last year, he had eight touchdowns, two interceptions. So really cut down on the on the interceptions. And he had, you know, a great game against Pittsburgh where he threw for four touchdowns, one quarterback of the week in the ACC that week. Also, you know, threw for a, a game-winning touchdown, which hadn't been done for NC State, surprisingly enough, since Mike Glennon uh, several years before. Ryan Finley, that even went to the NFL, never, for whatever reason, never led a, a game-winning drive at the end of the, at the end of a game. Uh, so for, for NC State, that was great to see. You know, what you want to see now at this point, and what we've heard a lot of this offseason, has been, the growth in the playbook, the growth in you know, kind of you know, fleshing out some of those things that he wasn't able to do the previous year, because as I mentioned, COVID protocol didn't have a full offseason with him last year. As I was mentioning, the COVID protocol right before the season started, and then you get into the season, and it's kind of hey, every single week, let's you know, let's try to add something new, and he only played in three games, so we'll be able to see what he's fully capable of you know, and what Tim Beck is fully capable of in this offense, because we didn't quite get to see it with Bailey Hockman last year. And I think a lot of fans are excited to see what Devin Leary is going to be able to do this year.
0: And I also want to touch on a few returning players uh, for the Wolfpack as well. Linebacker, Peyton Wilson, wide receiver, Emeka Amezi. And defensive end Daniel Joseph, were you surprised when they first decided to return? And were there any, I guess, commonalities or any similar reasons as to why the three guys chose to to come back and continue their careers in Raleigh?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there was necessarily any surprise with all three of them. I think Peyton Wilson was maybe the one that you thought could go and, and leave to go to a different program. Or not a pro, not a different program. Sorry, go to the NFL draft with Daniel Joseph. There was maybe a possibility that he might go. There was some talk that he might go to the CFL, which he's originally from Canada. And then you know when it came to uh, when it came to being able to keep all three of those guys. Emeka Emezi was a guy that you know probably doesn't have the NFL hopes yet, but if he puts together two great years on film, uh, he has a shot. So I mean, yeah, those those three guys were critical for NC State because Peyton Wilson was. Far and away, the defensive MVP for NC State last year. And I would argue that Emeka Amezi was, was the offensive MVP because of the fact that, you know, regardless of who the quarterback was under center, he was having great game after great game. He averaged nearly 16 yards per catch for NC State last year, led NC State in touchdowns, receiving yards, and receptions last year. So, Just a a great overall season from him. But yeah, my expectation for for those three is that they all have significant impacts going into next year because Daniel Joseph led the entire team in sacks despite coming from Penn State where he had never started a single game. So uh, those are three guys that will have huge impacts and and add a lot of not only talent to uh, the lineup, but also just a a huge veteran presence uh, coming back for NC State.
0: And the defensive line is a position that'll obviously see some change, right? You mentioned Ali McNeil earlier going to the NFL draft will most likely be a second, third round pick, but Savian Jackson is back. CJ Clark is back. Those are two guys who obviously NC state hopes take the next step on the defensive line. Are those two the main guys that defensive coordinator, Tony Gibson is relying on, you know, who else should we look out for to, I guess, kind of make an impact for the Wolf pack in the trenches on that side of the ball?
1: Yeah, I mean, Savion Jackson is the guy that we've heard the most throughout the offseason. He, you know, he'll he'll even tell you through the first two seasons he didn't quite live up to his own expectations, didn't have – you know, really many breakout games, but he comes into this year as I guess you would call it a second year sophomore because he played his first year, and then you know the second year you get that free year of eligibility. But you know, everything that we've heard is he's had a great spring. Their expectations are through the roof for him going into this next year. C.J. Clark is a guy that you know we had somebody tell us that uh, you know as far as expectations for him, you know, and this is kind of a you know don't shoot the messenger here, but he has a chance to be as good, if not better, than Ali McNeil was at wow. NC State uh, over the next few years. Uh, he's that impressive. You know, just a, a guy that's extremely strong, but also really athletic. Uh, you know, he when he came to NC State, there was some thought that he might play defensive end, but you know, he's bulked up and become just an overpowering defensive tackle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does in that nose tackle spot and if they move him around at all. But then, you, as you mentioned, Daniel Joseph uh, is another guy that, you know, for NC State, they have high expectations for going into his – You know, second year with the team, Uh, and Terrell Dawkins is another name to know. Terrell Dawkins, Savion Jackson, C.J. Clark, and and Joshua Harris all came in in the same class, all guys that were highly regarded. But Terrell Dawkins has been the one that's really you know kind of grown into his body a little bit more at NC State and become a a, a more physically imposing player. Uh, So I have high expectations for him. Uh, And and one other guy to note too that that comes to NC State uh, is going to be a guy in Corey Durden from Florida State. Uh, that is expected to transfer into the program. He was he would not play in the uh, the spring game because he was not with NC State uh, throughout the spring. He finished off his his year at Florida State. Will transfer in uh, and a guy that you know two years ago led the entire country in terms of uh, defensive pressures against quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with him. The expectation is for him to play a little bit more defensive in, along with Daniel Joseph, Terrell Dawkins, Savion Jackson, uh, and really have you know a lot of a lot of depth in those spots too.
0: Corey, last one before I let you go. Look, in your mind, is there a path to, I guess at the least, the ACC title game this year for the Wolfpack. Look, they, they play a difficult schedule, no doubt. You know, obviously Clemson's on that, and we were talking about it off air, probably the biggest game of the year um, in terms of possibly getting to an ACC title game. Um, But with all the talent they have returning, it seems like they have as good a chance as ever to push to the top of the conference. You know, is it possible in your mind to get there? Is it possible in your mind to get to the ACC title game? Or are, I guess, expectations a little bit less than that in Raleigh?
1: I don't necessarily think expectations are to get to the ACC title game, but I definitely think there is a path. And and it goes, as you said, it goes through Clemson. You know, NC State gets them at home in the ACC opener, you know, in week four, September 25th on a Saturday night. I'm sure, you know, NC State coaches have that date circled already. You know, they're not overlooking USF or going to Mississippi State or playing against Furman, obviously, but... You know, that's the that's the big one on the schedule. If they're able to figure out a way to win that game, which would be Dave Jordan's first win over Clemson during his time at NC State, which probably, you know, maybe doesn't come as a surprise, but, you know, given how many close games they've had against them, they've never been able to pull that one off. So if they're able to pull that one off, uh, then they have essentially... You know, they they have a game against Louisiana Tech and then they have kind of a, a week off after that before they go to Boston College and to Miami. Uh, you know they, they the schedule sets up nicely for them to be able to put those types of things together, but uh, they have to be able to compete with Clemson, find a way to win that game, and if they're able to win that game, then stack up more wins against Atlantic teams. Uh, and have to hope that you beat either Miami or UNC and go unblemished the rest of the way in the ACC because, you know, the games against Syracuse, the games against Wake Forest, the games against Louisville, you feel like those are all winnable games and Florida State, I would even say. But the big the big hurdle is getting over Clemson. And if you're able to do that with this veteran group, uh, you know, that sets the stage for the rest of the season and, and gives them that much more confidence that they not only can reach the ACC title game, but they can be one of the best teams in the entire ACC.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at R Corey Smith covers NC state athletics for pack pride. Corey, thanks so much for coming on and giving me some time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. Lance. I appreciate you having me on, man.
0: Make sure to rate review and follow wherever you get your podcasts, a new episode every single day. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Lance Glenn. I hope everyone has a great Monday. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of the college football daily.